Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. What's up, fam? Lucas here. I want to take a moment to announce a couple of things to all my new listeners on the podcast. Firstly, if you're looking to upgrade your brain function, whether that be through reducing brain fog, enhancing verbal fluency, improving confidence, motivation, drive, or even orgasm intensity, then check out my nootropics course, which can be found on my website at www.ergogenic.health. And you'll see at the top, it will say courses where you can use the discount code BYB15 to save 15% off. In addition, I also have a sleep optimization masterclass and a testosterone optimization course that can also be accessed on my website. Again, you can use the same discount code BYB15 to save 15% off. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, I'm joined in with two fellow Aussies. Um, It's great to have, you know, two other Aussies on board. So, you know, don't have to worry about the time zone difference. But um, today, I'm joined in with Rohan and Nicholas. And today, what we're going to be discussing is their new fat-burning supplement that contains some very exotic ingredients. And I really want to bring them on the show to explore some of the pathways and the mechanisms behind which 
um, this product really targets. So, Rohan and Nick, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us, mate. Cheers. Awesome. So maybe Rohan, do you want to um, give my listeners a bit of a, a background? You know, tell us about your story. Sure. So I, I guess into me personally, uh, my background uh, leading into Vanguard coming about, um, I, I sort of have um, two lives, I guess, when it comes to career. Um, and people either know me for one or the other, but um, I've been in... Um, for over a decade into, I guess, corporate sales and uh, business development into federal government. Um, um, so that, that's one side of what I've been doing for a long time. The other side is more in relation to the health and fitness industry. So uh, I've been competing in IFBB for about 12, 13 years and um, just gone through the, the reins of um, you know, personal training. I've Owned a sports supplement store. Um, Pretty successful bodybuilder. <laughs> I've, I've got a couple of titles there, and um, and also just in um, coaching, and so coach uh, a, a number of uh, amateur athletes, male and female, and um, and a couple of pros as well. That's through my wife's uh, coaching business. I'd always wanted to explore after having my own supplement store um, for four or five years. You know, I saw all the different products coming in and out, um, and I guess I'm a, an avid reader and learner, and always trying to explore what all these ingredients do and how they work. And you know, there's a lot of great products out there, and um, but at the same time, I guess there's a little bit of regurgitation uh, when it comes to the sports supplement industry and some stuff that uh, I don't know it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and um, yeah, so I just, it got to one point a couple of years ago, I was at a, a friend's of mine um, supplement store and I saw a new product that hit the shelves and I was just reading the panel and just from my own basic knowledge, it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense what was in this um, product and apparently they're doing pretty well. Um, and I just thought, I think it's time that I give this a crack. Um, I've, I've always been interested in the business perspective and running businesses and all that side of things. And, um, and obviously really interested in sports supplements and, and that side of the industry. So, um, yeah, I approached Nick, uh, Nick and I have been mates for a long time and, uh, our families are, are close friends. I think my son and his daughter are probably going to end up getting married. <laughs> <laughs> They're both three years old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so uh, Nick and I started chatting and, and that's where it all sort of came about with Vanguard Science. Um, that started off about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a really, really long process to get to this point. Obviously, just starting a business, um, working on formulas, you know, iterating it and developing it and just all the little issues that come into that. Um, you know, we started off, you know, we're going to outsource to manufacture to, to get it done for us, but we're so, we're, we're nervous about giving out our IP, I guess. Um, things that Nick was bringing to the table were just so incredible. I was nervous about handing this information out. Um, and then, you know, learning more and more about how the whole manufacturing process works, speaking with different owners of the, these businesses, uh, it was one day Nick and I were just talking. I said, mate, let's just do it ourselves. Um, why not? So we ended up creating our own facility here in Canberra, uh, which we're, we're here right now. 
nothing fancy, but it's, it's exactly what we need for, you know, starting off, we've got a processing facility in, in the back here. We've got a warehouse and an office. And it's, it's, been, it's been a long process, but I, I can't imagine we'll be where we are now if we didn't have this because Nick and I both have keys to the place. Nick gets an idea in his head, comes in here and starts working on it. Um, you know, we're both in and out of here um, just experimenting, which I can't imagine we would have had that if we're working through somebody else's facility. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that was yeah, about two years ago. We, this, this all started and, um, yeah, about eight weeks ago, we, we finally launched our first product, Lipoflux, which is pretty much what we've been working on the whole time. We've, we've, we're sort of working on a few other things at the same time, but um, which we're, we're going to get back onto. We, we already sort of have, but um, we decided just to drop every other project at that point and focus purely on Lipoflux to um to get that out to the market and um yeah finally did it and it's been going really well so eight weeks running now and we've got about twenty wholesalers and getting uh, incredible feedback um from user experience and um yeah really happy it's gone quicker and crazier than we we expected yeah awesome awesome yeah before we get stuck into the to the formula um. Yeah, I just want to say that the reason why I was interested in, you know, getting you guys on the show was because, you know, I've been seeing a lot of Nick's work on some, you know, underground forums and things like that. And I noticed some of the ingredients that he was using in his formula. I think there was like a thing you guys caught my attention through, like an Instagram ad at one stage. Um, and I'm like, oh, what's this? And I was like, I checked out the formula um, and, you know, started looking into the ingredients. I was like, shit, I've never heard of like 40% of these. So I was like... You know, got to reach out to the lads, and um, yeah, that's why you guys are here today. So, Nick, maybe do you want to give my listeners a bit of a yeah, no. you know, an understanding of who you are and, and your your story, man? Yeah, sure. So, um, I guess professionally, I'm a medicinal chemist, former practicing pharmacist, uh, qualified naturopath. Um, uh, my my academic career started as a result of uh, me sort of giving up football as a result of injuries, and then. Um, uh, sort of, I started in, I uh, did a bachelor in nutrition, um, started in 2002. Um, during that time, touched on a little bit of herbal medicine, um, got interested in that. So concomitantly did a, um, a bachelor of health science in complementary medicine, which at that time was, um, was required for registration with, um, the, uh, naturopathic societies and nutritional societies. During that time, I touched on a little bit of um, pharmacology, which really piqued my interest for that. So I applied for a Master's of Pharmacy and um, and completed that 2008-2009. Um, did my internships at a couple of different places. Actually, one of my um, one of my lecturers insisted that I work for him as an intern. So I, um, I, I went and um, did half my internship at, at his pharmacy, then the other half at, at a hospital pharmacy. So I've uh, sort of got a fair bit of clinical experience in that. Um, and then in that time, I, I landed a job um, as a pharmacist in charge and um, at, a, at a pretty busy community pharmacy that um, that had a uh, veterinary clinic next door. And um, the, the veterinary clinic, I'd become mates with the, um, with the lead vet there. And um, he was a pretty enterprising dude. <laughs> and um, and uh, yes, and he sort of we sort of connected in a way and then um uh i got to sort of exploit some of those compounding skills in in a in a setting that most pharmacists wouldn't where this guy would write up some weird and wonderful prescriptions with different modes of administration and 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 you know required my 
uh, knowledge and, and, and his enterprising in order to, you know, develop delivery systems for cats with no gallbladder and stuff like that. And, and I guess that's where sort of um, my, my interest in medicinal chemistry sort of um, uh, really sort of flourished. And it's, I've since gone on and done postgraduate um, qualifications in that. Mm. Um, and yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, at, at the uh, at the moment I I, um, I work at the university, um, the local university here. So um, that's that's my academic background. Um, on, on a personal level, I'm a one-time bodybuilder. Competed in 2009. Um, I've got upper body genetics, but I don't have lower body genetics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not despite the. He can still lift the weight. Yeah, he can lift the weight. <laughs> he, he will attest to my to my to, to my efforts, but um. Uh, but in any case, um, yeah, uh, one-time bodybuilder, uh, sort of, um, I said, got into weights as a result of football and then sort of got into the sort of the, the forums back in, you know, the early 2000s. The forums were an anonymous uh, method of information, tra- uh, uh, you know, transmission and um, uh, I sort of built not not through any um, purpose or any um, any any means of um, you know wanting to actually build any notoriety, but I built some notoriety as Furion, and um, I still use that handle today. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, in, in number of online forums and the, the amount of times someone's asked me um, who I work with, and I say you know Nick Nick Furion, they're like who, and I'm like M Farms, like oh M Farms. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. So that's um, yeah. It's through through um, posting online, you know, um, you know, scouring research papers and answering questions, and you know, this, the general forum discussions. Um, uh, uh, I sort of um had my uh, services sought in terms of like some of my ideas that I was posting by some um, some pretty big US um, supplement companies. And um, and there's been a number, I won't tell, say who they are for NDA reasons, but, um, but uh, yeah, so there's a number of supplements and supplement ingredients that are probably uh, my creations that has become mainstays of supplements that you would pick up off the shelf today. Um, and obviously that sort of passion has never really died. I've, I sort of backed off from that a little bit, um, as I got into sort of, you know, had a family and stuff like that. So, um, when, when Nick and I started working together and, um, we we're just discussing different supplements and this and that, and the amount of things that I was actually using at the time. And Nick was like, you know, I, I formulated that. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Two steps ahead already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I yeah sort of stepped away from that, uh, you know, for family professional reasons, and then um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much it, mate. Uh, as I said, like you know, I'm I'm not the type of person that's um, trying to build any notoriety. I prefer that people um, know me for the ingredients and things that I've brought to the supplement industry, and um, and you know, getting on board with with Ron, this has given us a specific avenue to be like right hands on end to end. So um, mm-hmm. so some of these wild and wonderful ingredients that, you know, I was compounding and trialing on myself <laughs> and my friends and, um, and you know, posing these to, to you know, million-dollar companies that, um, that you know, were getting turned down. We can, we can trial them out ourselves and bring them to, um, bring them to the, to the to productivity. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, um, lot of similarities there with, you know, that aspect of dis- discovery, like just wanting to find the next big thing or like, you know, just hunting down, novel compounds, novel ingredients. I'm, I'm very similar to you there, Nick. Like I just, I love the aspect of discovery. It's like, Oh, what can we find today that no one's ever spoken about? Yeah. It's that fascination aspect, yeah. that curiosity. It's like, 
It's what we yeah. love. Um, yeah, so let's, yeah. Yeah. A lot of mine has had origins in the fact that I've just wanted, it's things that I wanted, you know, things that I wanted to experiment with, you yeah. know, like, you know, changing different formulations design, making things, you know, following leads on, um, on, on compounds that, you know, natural compounds that have then become drugs in, you know, changing different molecular structures, following those leads and then putting my own spin on it saying, where was it, where was the shortcoming in terms of the natural ingredient and how can I overcome that? So it was, it was, um, yeah, more, as I said, just a fascination with it. So, yeah. yeah. And it's funny, um, for my listeners, um, just a quick fact for them, uh, in terms of like the percentage of drugs that are on the market right now, like, I mean, what percentage of them actually stem from plant origins? Is it... New ones, new ones, not so much. So, um, cause the new ones, obviously we're getting these, um, these very, uh, unique molecular targets, but in terms of like original drugs, like I can, I can think of a handful of diabetic drugs. Your, um, your metformin was, um, uh, goat's root extract was the original, um, lead compound for that. Um, and then you've got, uh, something like, um, hexanotide, which is by it's a, GLP analog. That was um, the killer monster. It's a lizard. It's saliva. They use that, the XN peptide from that. Um, you can think of uh, even your, um, I think we've discussed the SGLT2 inhibitors, canagaflozin, um, dapaflozin. Um, they were um, they were developed from fluoretin, which is a flavonoid. It's, a, it's actually a calcone flavonoid that's found in, um, in apple skin and a few other plants. Wow. And, yeah, so they're, they're just a handful. And, and I mean, the, the last one I explained them, that's only been the last sort of six years. But, um, you know, the drug discovery has taken a serious slowdown in the last sort of 10 years. You know, like mm. we've got drugs now that, that can pretty much ameliorate any disease, any lifestyle disease. It's just these, um, you know, you're looking at monoclonal antibodies and specific unique targets now. So in terms of like, plant-derived drugs is probably not going to be many more. Yeah. Have you, um, just out of curiosity, have you ever sort of um, accidentally discovered something yourself, like just by accident, like with your experiments or research? Like has that ever happened to yourself? Nothing nothing that I can think of, mate. No, no. Um, yeah, no, nothing that I have objectively measured anyway. <laughs> there's, yeah. probably, there's probably been a few incidentals where... <laughs> yeah, you've, you've done one of those to me. We won't we won't. Oh, yeah. the ingredients. Yeah, yes. So yes. just try this this amount and then I, I, I sat, I laid on the floor in the office here for about four hours in cold sweats. I Googled the half-life of it so I knew how long I'd be sick for and yeah. I just laid there and wrote it out. The, the, the half-life for that particular ingredient was uh, neither here nor there because <laughs> you'd taken like four times a, an effective <laughs> dose so the half-life would have taken you to the effective dose. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, with, a, yeah. with linear animation here. Yeah. So what about, let's sort of, um, let's get stuck into some of the ingredients found within Lipoflux. So maybe do you want to, Nick, do you want to start out maybe explaining what was your objective of the actual formula itself? Like what was your initial goal and target? Okay, so we looked at um, methods in which to basically acutely increase lipolysis in adipose tissue in the most simplest terms. Um, in terms of like a, a molecular target, when you pour over the research, there really is, other than like hormones, which um, which you're never going to find a natural compound that has elicits a response that's going to be have a huge measurable acute effect, um, 
the beta 2 receptor was seen to be the most viable target. So we have beta 2, plenty of beta 2 receptor agonists in terms of drugs. So I'm not comparing our product to drugs. What I'm doing is just comparing that as a molecular target. Yeah. Uh, and so as a result, we have very finite understanding of the way that a ligand can bind to the beta 2 receptor or beta 1 receptor, beta 3 receptor, although beta 3 is not really expressed in high levels in humans. We don't really have the tissue to express it in high levels in humans. Um, We know specific binding kinetics. We know the structural activity relationships of the receptor, and which is basically the components of the receptor that will bind to the ligand, cause the conformational change, and then induce the cascade after that. Um, we know the type of receptor is and we know the downward cascade as a result that, that ends up in the freeing up of free fatty acids. So what I did was basically screen as many compounds as I could through the structural activity relationships to come up with the most viable uh, um, activity. Uh, in terms of like the uh, potential uh, ligands, natural ligands that could um, that could bind that receptor, and um, we come up with a handful. Um, uh, Some not commercially viable. Yeah, <laughs> many not commercially viable. <laughs> and um, and yeah, we narrowed it down to um, some that are found in Tenospora crispa, and um, and basically, what was really interesting about those was. Uh, these these things normally would be overlooked because the the normal um, catecholamine type structure, phenylethylamine type structure, which has the specific um, you know molecular features that allow it to bind into the beta two receptor, they're sort of hidden in there. They're there, but they're sort of hidden in there. And um, because the the what's called the tetrahydroisoquinoline alkaloid, that's the type of alkaloids that we having a specific extract, they are they their their molecular stripe is more of an apo apophorphine, which is like a specific oh. quinoline. And they are so the the specific pharmacophore is actually buried in in the tetrahydroquinoline um, structure. So like it didn't appear like it would be viable. Um, and it has all the molecular features that that, um, that that are required. So that's basically what we built it around, and then everything around that specific mode of action is complementary to it. So, um, so we're adding in for that specific alkaloid. We went and uh, had a look at all the kinetic data where. Uh, we look at how it's metabolized and its metabolic pathways and putative metabolic pathways as a result of it um, having so many hydroxyl groups. Hydroxyl groups basically make something more polar, less less uh, more susceptible to conjugation enzymes at first pass, um, depending on their location. And then um, and then we basically screened a whole heap of molecules that were capable of uh, inhibiting the most likely conjugation enzymes that would de- degrade that um, degrade that so so um we the kinetic data itself on the um, on the alkaloid suggests that it's only active for sort of you know uh, 15 minutes 15 to 20 minutes but the specific additional compounds that we've added in there complex to complex to the um to the alkaloid itself 
is um, should allow it to um, enjoy a longer half-life. And in terms of like the uh, tangible uh, objective feedback that we've, we've received, that seems to be the case. Hmm. So this Tino, this Tino Spora, do you want to maybe um, give some context as to like maybe the traditional, is, do you have any traditional usage? Yeah, so it's, it, it seems to be a, um, a pretty popular, uh, like when, when I screened it, I like, you know, I it come up with that, then I'll, generally that's my, my method. I'll go back and see if it did have some sort of traditional um, use that might um, validate some of these potential pharmacological actions. So that it did. It, um, it had some anti-asthmatic activity, expectorant activity, things that you would expect from beta-2 agonists. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it seems to have a, a history use in um, Southeast Asia. Um, yeah, uh, depending on the part of the plant use, the stem itself seems to be used as expectorant, anti-asthmatic, anti-passive uh, actions. But yeah, depending on the plant, yeah, the, the section used, it was um, uh, as a diaphoretic as well. Yeah, so it do, does sort of check out in terms of like, um, in terms of like having a traditional use for its uh, for the potential indications. Yeah. So then the classic better two agonist from you know from Western medicine is considered what uh, ventolin? Is that right? Well, butyrol, yeah, it depends. You got you got short acting beta beta agonists. You got long acting beta agonists. You've got ultra long acting beta agonists. And um, uh, the the uh, in terms of like the structural activity relationships of the males sort of vary. Um, something like um, clenbuterol, for instance, um, is a long acting beta agonist, orally bioavailable. It's got a unique molecular structure that sees it uh, more resistant to metabolic enzymes highly lipophilic, so it'll have a very large volume of distribution with good, good biophilicity. So that's why you'll get, you know, uh, clenbuterol, you can, it'll transverse the blood-brain barrier, no problems. It'll, um, you know, accumulate in uh, lipophilic tissue and in adipose tissue very well, and that's probably the reason why it's got such a off-label, successful off-label use. Then you've got things like um, salmeterol or vilantronol, indicatorol. So they'll, they'll have these specific molecule that binds into the receptor and then they've got like a long tail that will sort of anchor it and that's what delegates its long-acting capabilities it's different mm-hmm. so in terms of like what uh extract was sort of looking at mimicking it's probably more on the lines of um salbutamol or turbidoline um in terms of the way that it binds and, and is eliminated as i said the highly susceptible um hydroxyl groups in the in in our extract, we'd see it rapidly eliminated where they where they're not in um in terbutaline or or salbutamol. Hence the reason why I've added the um oregano extract in um, yeah. as a means to um to offset the glucuronidation that that happens as a result of it. Yeah, awesome. So just to summarize that, so basically it started out as the original formula was based around building it um a formula that can at least target that better to receptor. Specifically in fat tissue, fat cells, um, and then the the first ingredient was a tinospora, a specific alkaloid found in tinospora, and then there's all these other synergistic ingredients to work around that to help with its well to prevent its degradation or metabol you know metabolism things like that. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So it basically extend its um extend uh, its its half-life and reduce its elimination, reduce its metabolic degradation so it maintains that specific uh, phenylethamine uh, structure so that it's capable of, of binding and, and getting it in high enough blood levels 
that sort of correlate with the increase in cyclic adenosine monophosphate in the that parallels the, the the research studies, like in terms of like the, the concentrations that have been examined. Um, yeah, and and that's that's pretty much it, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So then, some of the other ingredients. Let's dive into those ones. So we got um, what's what was the next step in your in your mind? Like, what else were you planning out to offset the um, offset the metabolism of that alkaloid further? The glucuronidation pathway was a specific glucuronidation isoform that. Um, that seemed to be the major pathway. Um, after that, it would be um, uh, catechol O methyl transferase, um, which would basically add a methyl group to the hydroxyl at six carbon, and um, and that would essentially create a metabolite that is not only eliminated quickly but also can be a functional antagonist of the beta receptor. Going in, mate. yeah. So, so what I what I did was um, try and screen for a um, a viable catechol omethyl transferase, a naturally occurring one. Um, not very many there isn't, um, and not very many that are viable. With the COMT, so you're specifically looking at like COMT inhibitors, right? Like these. Um, so you said there's not many other because a lot of people are talking about um, you know green tea ECGCs and things like that having COMT inhibition. Are you saying that's sort of um, not not potent enough, or yeah. So um, I mean, like something like ECGC, and um, it in itself is polyhydroxylated. You can't really get a predictability on how much you're going to get in your blood at any one time, or where it's going to distribute to. Um, so with, for uh, alkaloid, for instance, we know where which tissues it's going to go to. So we need we needed something that was going to be strong enough to offset that. And um, and you know just basically pr- prolong that that half life. Um, uh, we do. I did look at e- uh, ECGC, but um, yeah, like I was I was I was after something that uh, was potentially a little bit more pleiotropic um, and come across something else because with the, the molecule we found in itself, it, it does have some um, some cross reactivity with monoamine oxidase um, A specifically, yep. which which actually played in well for. Um, you know, prolonging caffeine stimulation and also another ingredient that's in there. So when when we found that, we went, yeah, we're going to, we're going to run with this. Mm-hmm. So ECGC been around for a long time, and you know, part of what we're trying to do with Vanguard is to really bring some new things to light, rather than use you know some of these things are still really valid ingredients and do a really good job and have evidence, but are also being used in nearly everybody else's products. So yeah. we're trying to bring some new things to light. Yeah, you, you run something like um, ECGC. You can you, you run a um, an academic search on that, and it's, it seems to be like a panacea for everything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so um, it's like having some sort of selectivity for for a specific target. We wanted to run with something that was more selective. So yeah, okay. So let's sort of um, yeah. maybe let's explore another sort of pathway you're really focusing on. So we've got the better two agonism comp inhibition. What was sort of maybe like the next? thing you're considering um so we, we wanted to augment the downstream activity so um so in order to do that we wanted the the more terminal steps of beta 2 receptor activation as a result uh, that results in increased lipolysis freeing up of fatty acids we wanted to basically the the latter steps of that we, if there was any molecules that we could identify that 
um, were able to sort of augment that. That's, that was the next sort of step. We come across some specific seaweed extracts that contain these specific carotenoids that are sort of metabolized slightly different to normal carotenoids in the fact that they um, one specific xanthophyll component carotenoid in this um, in this Undaria extract that we have, it tends to be um, uh, metabolized different uh, in the fact that it's a little bit more stable. So it has something called an alenic bond um, at one end of its molecular structure, and as a result, the um, the uh, fatty acid chain, uh, the aliphatic chain of the um, of the molecule itself, uh, tends to survive. Uh, first pass metabolism and tends to be able to accumulate in fat fat tissue um, due to this metabolic st- stability and it basically will act as would see, uh, any other fatty acid signaling um, in the terminal steps so we'll you'll get increased uncoupling protein one expression and and everything else that comes with it mm, awesome so maybe um yeah, that uncoupling protein one expression seems to be a, a huge target for many um, for many fat burners. Maybe do you want to discuss some other ingredients that sort of hit that pathway or receptor to familiarize my audience with that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, like in terms of other ingredients, I'm not quite sure of many others. Um, uh, they they that being a measure of um, you know uh, lipolytic activity or thermogenesis um, it's it's more of a terminal measure so pretty much anything that can stimulate thermogenesis uh, even something like psilocin, we have a specific capsaicin analog in ours um, uh, anything that can sort of activate thermogenesis will have uncoupling one activity whether that's direct or indirect it's um you know would, would depend on the specific target that's been identified for that molecule what i can tell you for for uh, the xanthophyll um extract in ours it's a direct target so like you it will enter the cell as a complete molecule and it will stimulate the um the uncoupling protein one directly rather than as a downstream and you know that that's that was the whole purpose of having it in there complementary to the beta, uh, beta 2 agonist activity mm. sort of makes me wonder whether like by targeting all these pathways whether it's going to still have like a secondary third benefit of like increasing insulin sensitivity like body-wide like do you suspect that that might be another potential benefit yeah potentially mate um, I, I mean like a lot of these ingredients um do have those as sort of indirect that 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 does happen as an indirect activity um in fact one of our ingredients um, from the theobroma extract, the fatty acid ethanolamide, um, that specifically targets. Um, it's a, it's actually uh, normally produced in our body, in our in our GI, and also in our brain. And it, for instance, is potentially the natural ligand for PBAR alpha, um, and in itself, PBAR alpha obviously induces um, specific genes, and they're involved in um, insulin sensitivity. So, um, and it, you know, you've got drugs market, a lot of anti-diabetic drugs that were, they seem to fade away now in, in terms of um, the, the popularity and their um, safety data. Um, yeah. they, were, um, they, they, they were targeting that specifically, so. Mm, awesome. Okay, so I guess maybe... So understand like it's going to be, you know, targeting various receptors, various pathways. Was there anything else you really wanted to, I know we've spoken about specific ingredients, uh, inhibiting the metabolism and helping with tissue selectivity. Did you ever consider like different product formatting? Like 
you know, did you consider like topical application for any of the ingredients at all or? No, so obviously we're under the very stringent guidelines of our, of our, <laughs> of our authority that makes this. So, which, um, which extended the time for us to release our product. Yeah, for flavor yeah. and um, yeah. Uh, so, um, so it was always going to be oral and in terms of, um, in terms of the formula, obviously oral kinetics, uh, paramount. And, um, and so for, uh, xanthoid extract from, uh, and a mahina extract, um, that's the specific compound, the, the xanthoids in there are the specific compounds that inhibit the COMT and also the monoamine oxidase A and a little bit to monoamine oxidase B. Um, they're notoriously non-soluble, like they um, they just don't go into solution even with N-butanol, like you, could, you couldn't get them in there. So the research in terms of those is very promising because there's some very high IC, a uh, very low IC50 um, for for those specific enzymes, but reaching the tissue concentrations is is the is the biggest challenge. And um, so we um, we found some interesting papers um, that didn't necessarily look at the bioavailability, but looked at um, uh, hydroxypropyl beta cyclodextrin complexation, basically making it more water soluble. And we more or less mimicked one method that was uh, explained through um, through one of the research papers, managed to get it um, uh, into into the cyclodextrin complex themselves, um, and it significantly increased its solubility. I mean, like you. That that in itself is is very easily tested, mm. and um, and then we've since found um, that as a result of increasing the cycle um, the solubility, increasing the um, bioavailability as a result, um, there's plenty of research papers that show that specific iterations of this xanthoid molecule can um, can you can basically exploit antioxidant activities, anti-diabetic activities, um, and it allows it to. Permeate, uh, you know, um, biological membranes um, where something, you know, like the, the, as as a, a you know uncomplexed component wouldn't do that. So um, yeah, and that that in itself is something that's very tangible um, in terms of like the the central nervous system uh, stimulatory activity from the from the product itself mm. and um yeah that's something that we're, we're quite proud of and it's um yeah one of our sort of landmark ingredients yeah so it sort of sounds like these um some of these ingredients do have crossover effects in the brain specifically in targeting monoamine oxidase a comps as well in the brain so um slowing the degradation of catecholamines was there any other interesting effects in the brain that you came across at all uh, well, we're sort of looking more at peripheral actions. Um, yeah. The central uh, stimulatory uh, stimulatory aspect is something that we'll probably uh, look at uh, in, in our pre workout. We have we've got some unique things lined up for that, um, just because that's the way that that sort of category is sort of gone. We didn't really want to um, to follow suit with with it with our standard formulas, but yeah, that seems to be people like to get a buzz before they go into the gym these days. So. Um, but yeah, in terms, of, we're looking at more peripheral activity. Like, um, we'll never, other than the um, indirect increase in sympathetic outflow as a result of the non-pungent capsaicin analog that we have in there, that's pretty much it, the only thing that we specifically focused on for um, for central nervous activity. So, the the comp and the and the MAO 
inhibitory actions. They were more uh, as as a result of inhibiting that at the hepatic level and, and in plasma enzymes as well and at the GI. Mm. So, um, yeah, that, that was our main sort of focus. Um, we didn't really set out to make something that was going to make people feel like they're dying, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it was, it was uh, more of that focus around that, obviously, the, the beta agonism and then everything that, that sort of can augment that. Yeah, so the um, the ingredient you just mentioned, the capsaicin, um, for my for my listeners, so um, that's found within capsicum. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it's it's found within um, any sort of capsicum species. So um, the the thing with um, with the capsaicins, which is the probably the most familiar capsaicin, um, pergolonic acid, it's uh, the length of the aliphatic chain, the alkyl chain on it. It determines its pungency. So what I mean by pungency is this is how it activates what's called the uh, TRPV1 receptor. Um, well, it's not even a receptor, it's actually an ion channel. But, um, but it's, uh, the, the activation of that will, they're expressed all through your GI, expressed all through your body. Um, when, where, you, um, where you overactivate that in the GI, that's when you can run into like, you know, your chili diarrhea and stuff like that. So um, we, wanted to, we didn't want it something that people were going to take daily that's going to, you know, cause that sort of GI disruption. So we went and had a look at the way in which the binding kinetics for the TRPV1, and we found that the length of the chain determines its pungency. So the length of the chain of the, on the capsaicin determines its pungency and the longer the chain or specific lengths of chains can can offset that pungency and we found one that was um expressed in um in your capsicum anim extract and it um it basically uh activates that with the same amplitude as capsaicin would the shorter one however doesn't have that pungency uh, effect so mm. uh yeah and that's that's so we got we come up with that one then yeah yeah, awesome. I think um, I'm pretty sure cinnamon also, cinnamaldehyde, does that also activate TRP? Yeah. It does, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a smaller smaller complex than that, yeah. yeah. But that probably tastes like absolute shit, <laughs> cinnamaldehyde. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> oregano extract. It's high in terpenes, and, and that is that is the, the worst. very polarizing ingredient. Someone like me with tainted taste buds who's probably someone like yourself who's like just swallowed all sorts of stuff and doesn't really <laughs> You know, um, everything tastes delicious. Um, <laughs> well, uh, for me, like that's, uh, you know, uh, it's been very polarizing. But yeah, uh, cin- uh, cinnamon aldehyde, that would probably be a welcome addition compared yeah. to. Yeah. Actually, speaking of which, um, one of my lecturers at uni mentioned something called Miracle Berry that like flips. Have you heard about that? It changes the taste buds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't even know whether that would work, mate. That might turn it into something even worse. <laughs> yeah. The origin um, extract, I've, I've copped a little bit of that directly on my tongue um, before it was mixed with anything, and I could taste it for about four days. Yeah. it's um, Another ingredient that's really bad is uh, Tonkadali, uricomenone. Yeah. The, uh, oh. So bitter. Anything that's got a quasinoid structure like that, when you see nitrogens in there, you think bitterness. And then uh, when you see benzene rings, you think like, yeah, it's pretty revolting. So what's what's berberine? Is berberine berberine? Berberine's terrible. Berberine's yeah. um so yeah, that's that's uh, uh, an alkaloid as well. Lots yeah. of nitrogen. Lots of um, benzene rings joined together. Yeah, that 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 is nasty. Actually, we've got something in um something in uh, pre that will um, 
that is probably the worst tasting ingredient and probably shouldn't be saying this, uh, that, that there is. Um, but, but we've worked out a way that one will mask the flavor and, um, and two will allow it to have acute effects that are normally absorbed, uh, normally observed, um, sort of after 15 to 20 days of dosing. So. Nick, Nick hasn't been short of creating challenges. That's for sure. Yeah. Delivering this stuff, it's yeah, hasn't been an overnight exercise. That's for sure. I'm surprised how much flavor is a huge consideration in today's day and age. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, and you buy yourself some Musashi Chief protein, you remember that stuff? Mm-hmm. You would just like it would just float on the surface and you'd be like picking the chunks off. Just suck eat. it up. Just suck it up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nick, I'd like to pick your brain around alkaloids um, because, you know, we've just spoken about berberine and some other ones. Um, maybe do you want to give, because just give some context, you know, caffeine's an alkaloid, there's other cool alkaloids out there. What is unique about alkaloids? Is that What are some unique features about them? Oh, the, I mean, an alkaloid in itself is said to be something that contains nitrogen and is capable of transversing the blood-brain barrier. It should be anyway. Um, the, some, some of them like... They probably won't uh, as a result of their um, their water solubility. They're more or less just like uh, nitrogen-containing components in plants, um, huge array of different biological activities that have been identified with them. And, yeah, I mean, like the alkaloid is like the very top uh, sort of classification. Underneath that, you've got thousands upon thousands um, of, of different iterations of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to speak about any in particular, happy to rattle any off. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we spoke about caffeine because I know caffeine is featuring in lipoflux. We were you considering like maybe any nicotine analogs or anything like that? <laughs> well, we, we we do have a nicotine analog that we were looking at in our pre workout, and uh, well, that, that's that's the one that made wrong quite. <laughs> 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 He's like, yeah, up. Yeah, um, he used me as the guinea pig. Yeah, that uh, should be all right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, those in themselves, they're um, they're very, very unique, very simple. Com- the 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 alkaloids from the the plant extract that the rolling ingest, very very simple, um, very simple molecule in itself. Um, uh, doesn't look like it would activate the nicotinic receptor. Um, I think it's an A7 specific, alpha 7 specific. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it, um, but yeah, it's, uh, the, in terms of like the, the binding kinetics, it seems to be a partial agonist. But, um, uh, but in terms of like the downstream activity, it's very comparable to, to nicotine. Um, and, and in terms of exploiting that, um, that secondary dopaminergic activity, it's, it's more. So that's what we're looking to use it for. Yeah. Yeah. So still Sorry, go on. I removed it. Really. Uh, <laughs> I removed it from our form. That <laughs> was actually twice. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, anyway. Jeez. Yeah. So, so I guess, um, so obviously in the, in the lipoflux, we have the Tinospora CRISPR with the oregano. Um, that's a, a nice little synergy there. Then, the theobroma cacao extract, and you said that that's like standardized to a specific fatty acid fraction. I think you said the A, AEA. Is it AEA? No, it's um, it's so uh, it's called um, oleol ethanolamide. Yeah, uh, it's um, it's as I said, it's normally expressed in the in um, in the human body. Um, seems to be the natural ligand for PPAR alpha. Um, but uh, yeah, and that's it's actually in uh, around about. 
one percent you can um, you can with a specific extract you can get it out from um, from theobromine. Mm. Yeah. And then the anim- anamarina is yep. the that's the um... anthoid extract. Yeah, so that that's the one that we've complex with hydroxypropyl beta cyclodextrin, and that that's more or less that, as I said, that's in there as the COMPT inhibitor, MAO inhibitor. Um, specifically, it, it does have some sort of indirect actions to sh- to show that it can um, increase insulin sensitivity and and, um, and a few other sort of uh, metabolic markers. But it's um, yeah, we we specifically added in there for that specific action because as when I when I ran it through the the uh, the SAR software, um, I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, the uh, the IC fifty for MAO and for COM two was perfectly within the range that we needed it to be. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, awesome. And then capsicum as well. So, and the wakami seaweed. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, yeah, it's great to have fellow Aussies, you know, being innovative with formulas. And, um, you know, there's obviously some of these ingredients, it wouldn't surprise me if they hit hit the masses, you know, in, in a couple of years or some big giant ingredient companies want to like capture the ingredient and, and patent it. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking at doing that ourselves with a few other things that Nick's been working on, um, making it available to other businesses. So, um, yeah, there'll, there'll be a few things that we'll be releasing uh, over the next sort of 12 months, which are pretty cool, which we'll make um, available. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So I guess maybe do you want to give um, my listeners a bit, Any was there any final information you want to share about Lipoflux or anything else you had in mind, Rohan or Nick? Um, no, not really. Um, look, we're just, um, we're just being really, um, welcoming of all of the, the great responses we've been getting. Um, we've, we just sort of started off. We've been talking about all our plans over the next, you know, three to five years, what we want to do here and, uh, some pretty exciting stuff. And we're, you know, we're getting some pretty cool people join Vanguard, which has been great, especially in the last eight weeks. We're just, you know, it's just growing so quickly. So, yeah, we're just excited about just working on some really cool things, bringing new things to light and just bringing out some, you know, yeah, different complexes and formulas that um, haven't really been dabbled with in, in the past. Uh, yeah, that, that's what we're excited about. So, yeah, it's, that's our sort of mission we did. As, as I said earlier, we don't want to um, sort of fit into any, uh, any one category and we don't want to be sort of restricted by the confines of any specific contract manufacturer or any specific ingredients. Um, we understand that our ingredient, our formulas are not going to be familiar. Like they're, they're, people are going to turn around the lab and go, what the hell is this? And, you know, you know bringing the science to it in, in explaining it in the, in the minutiae is a very, very difficult task, yeah. and, um, as, as you can probably imagine. And so, yeah, that's what very appreciative for yourself, mate, um, for, for giving us this opportunity to rattle off some stuff and probably sound like weirdos, but we're happy to do that. And, um, yeah, so that's that's pr- pretty much sort of our vision. So yeah, we love what you're doing, mate. I've, I've been following you for a while before you and I even met. I know you and Nick knew each other, but um, I've been watching and listening to your stuff for ages. So then, when you reached out, it was a real honour to um, yeah, get to know you uh, over the last couple of months and and now do this this uh, podcast. It's been yeah, really good. So appreciate that, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you guys did a really good job of you know breaking down the formula. I think Nick, you. You kept it as simple as possible. You know, I think there's you know, still, got, still, still got some smart listeners on this podcast. So, you know, I think you did a really good job. And for those wanting to learn more about Lipoflux, um, I've got on my website, they can visit that. 
I've got all the studies, link there, everything, all the breakdown in the ingredients, the mechanisms. 500 pages of, um, of everything. That was, that's, that's the sort of blueprint. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's the that, that's more questions on it too. They can always hit us up. Um, our main channel is Instagram, um, Vanguard underscore science, um, or we have an inquiry uh, on our website as well. Or they can reach out to you um, as well, and we can you can connect us up. So, sure, yeah, I'll have all those linked in the um, podcast description for those listening in. Um, but yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up today's episode. Rohan, Nick, thanks, thanks, lads, for coming on. Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.